Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. This is such a fun and informative conversation with pelvic floor physical therapist, Dr. Marcy Crouch. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. 
Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 237. And whether this is your first time listening or you've been here before, you know I'm glad you're spending some time with me today. In today's episode, we have Marcy Crouch. She is also known as the Down There Doc on social media. She has over 180,000 followers on Instagram. She is a mama and a doctor of physical therapy dedicated to serving, empowering, and equipping women in the birthing community from birth preparation through postpartum recovery. By providing elevated care and setting a new standard for women, Marcy arms her clients with confidence, valuable tips, and information that will maintain their physical health and wellness for a lifetime. She believes that by simply addressing and fixing pelvic floor trauma and dysfunction from pregnancy into birth, we can change the course of a woman and a mother's life to one of equality, power, confidence, and arm her with a strong sense of self that opens doors that have been shut and helps her become the woman and mother she is destined to be. Yes, amen to that. So we have an incredibly informative and just fun conversation about what exactly is a pelvic floor physical therapist? When should say, when should you go see a pelvic floor PT? What kind of test and exam should you expect? How frequently the care is? Um, we talk about different types of pelvic pain, maternity belts, maternity pillows, her three P's system for reducing vaginal tears and much, much more. You are going to absolutely love this conversation with Dr. Marcy Crouch. Now, before we get into the episode, one of the things we talk about in the episode is preparation. And that's why I created the birth preparation course. That is my online childbirth education class that gets you calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful birth with a particular focus and emphasis on how to get prepared for birth in the hospital. We know that having a baby, especially in the U.S., can be a challenge. It's a system that too often tries to take away power from women over what happens in their own bodies. It can be racist, and you really need to be prepared to advocate for yourself within that system. Over 2,000 women have gone through the birth preparation course and find it in and found it incredibly helpful. And I would love to have you inside of the course too. You can check it out at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. But remember that I am so passionate and childbirth education is so important. If you don't take the birth preparation course, please take something because childbirth education is an absolute must. All right, let's get into our conversation with Dr. Marcy Crouch. so much, Marcy, for agreeing to come on to the podcast. I am so excited to have you come on and talk about this topic. Oh, well, thank you. I'm so excited to talk about it. Yes. I mean, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> I want to talk all about it. Alrighty. So why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself and your work and your family? If you like. Yeah, yeah. So um, my name is Marcy Crouch. I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist. Um, I have two boys, ages six and eight. So it's real loud at my house <laughs> all the time. I, holy moly, I have an older sister, so I'm not used to like this boy situation, right. but um, I love it and, you know, love being a boy mom and they're great. And it's just like 
wow energy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Constantly. (laughs) Um, So my family and my work kind of collide a little bit. Uh, My husband is a coach, um, volleyball coach um, at Auburn University here in Alabama. And so we move around a lot. Ah. And being a physical therapist in the past, I've had brick and mortar clinics. Mm -hmm. I've worked for other practices. I've worked in hospitals, that sort of thing. Um, I've owned my own practice. And then when my kids were little and we were living in LA um, about three years ago, 2018 is when we moved there, you know, we were kind of moving every three or four years. Mm. And it's hard (laughs) to have a brick and mortar um, when you're not totally sure that you're going to be in one place for an extended period of time. Sure. And so I realized that with my family life and the ages of my boys and really the need of the type of work that I do as a pelvic floor PT, there had to perhaps be an additional answer to only in-clinic work. Mm, gotcha. And and I was finding that, you know, you know, you're in clinic too. It's like mm-hmm. you can only see so many people. Sure you know, per day, right? Right, There's geographic location problems. There's time, you know, when my kids were sick, I'm calling out of the clinic. And so I didn't really feel like I was helping as many women as we could. Mm -hmm. And so I decided actually before we moved here in um, 2020 that I wanted to kind of transition or add on to an online platform, online wellness space. Um, And a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, how do you do that as physical therapy? And honestly, like if you had asked me that before COVID, I would have been like, there's no way, (laughs) you know, there's no way. (laughs) But COVID really kind of forced us into a new way of thinking about Uh what we can offer women and and moms. And what I was seeing in the clinic too, is that I was losing a lot of patients Mm. after maternity leave, quote unquote, was over. Um, It's just hard for moms to get in the clinic and there's lots of, you know, barriers to that. So my work now, I still am in the clinic about two days a week here in um, Auburn. And then I also have an online platform. So Mm. I took what was working in the clinic and would transfer over into videos, live Q and A's, programs, kind of all the things for birth prep from a pelvic floor standpoint, Mm -hmm. early recovery in that acute stage. So from like zero to six weeks and then kind of longer six weeks on recovery. So um, I created a program for that to help Mm -hmm. moms reduce the risk of vaginal tearing and trauma during delivery, heal better and quicker in that acute stage because there's no resources for moms at all from zero to six weeks, but that's not the case for any other muscle injury, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yep. Um, and then this kind of long-standing support. So that's where we are now from like a work and family standpoint. And um, the online programs have been going for about two years now, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just put out our third version of them. Awesome. Love it. Love it. And a very big online community. I, in the intro, I will have I can record the intro after we record the interview yep. and I will have mentioned the size of your audience, oh, which is quite large. Thank so. you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hop into um, a couple of things. One, I want to talk about what is a pelvic floor physical therapist and then what training have you gone through? Yeah. Um, the first question is because I don't necessarily know that people understand what oh. pelvic floor physical therapists do. Uh-uh. And then the second is because there's a whole lot of people out here online and I doing know. all the things. Ugh. And I think it's important for people to know yeah. the background, um, the education that people go through when they're talking about a topic. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. And to just kind of touch on that a little bit too, mm-hmm. 
I'm sure it, you see it also <laughs> being, <laughs> you know, an expert in your field and, and social media and online stuff is great and it really mm-hmm. brings people together and it's a great, you know, network of wealth of information. But <laughs> the caveat is you really do need to know, you know, who you're getting your information from, what their training is, yep. are they qualified? Yep. And a lot of times like on my side of things, it's people who have had kids and now all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm this pelvic floor expert because I had kids. And I'm right. like, okay, that gives you a little bit of experience. Right. But like, <laughs> it's like, I've had a pap smear. Like I'm not an OBGYN. <laughs> right. you know? So it's like, so I'm always just like careful, you know, it can be so overwhelming. But uh-huh. um, so yeah. So uh, my initial training, so I have a doctorate in physical therapy mm-hmm. and the school, we graduate as generalists. So we all have to take the same national board exam. Mm-hmm. We are considered, you know, physical therapists. Right. And then you can decide to specialize in certain areas of physical therapy. Okay. Um, there's like orthopedics, mm-hmm. neurology, pediatrics, right. you know, all the things. Women's health, public floor physical therapy is one of those avenues. And gotcha. so after I graduated, um, I knew that's what I wanted to pursue. So mm-hmm. I applied for an additional year of training, which is we consider a residency. Uh-huh. Um, and that residency was a year of only pelvic floor and women's health. So okay. it was pre and postpartum, right. lymphedema, breast cancer, female athlete, pelvic pain, basically kind of everything that encompasses the umbrella of women's health. Gotcha. And then after completion of that residency, that allowed me to sit for the board certification um, in women's health PT. So that identifies me as a women's clinical specialist. And then you recert every 10 years, which is what I just did. And that was like, oh my gosh, so stressful, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> and then um, my I have been fortunate enough to work in practices after residency that have been only women's health and pelvic floor. So I've never really had to do half and half or 60-40, which some people do when they're getting into women's health. Like you might see orthopedics or neuro inpatient and then kind of like a smattering of pelvic floor. Mine has always, my experience always has been pelvic floor and I've had amazing mentors who kind of paved the way in women's health and pelvic floor PT um, throughout my career. So That's pretty much like kind of my initial training. And then over the years, we take more courses. I've developed courses for PTs. I've taught other PTs. Um, so you're obviously very serious and committed and girl, educated about this work. This yes. is my life. I mean, I'm, people are like, oh, you're a PT. You know, my elbow. I'm like, no, no. no. I was like, I haven't like touched an elbow. I was like, right. tell me everything about your vagina. Right. And then I can help you. Like, I got you. Right. But- I got you. How was your poop this morning? Right. right. Tell me right. all of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love it. So when someone goes to see a pelvic floor physical therapist, what should they expect? And I, I asked this question because literally someone DM me the other day and they're like, I went to a pelvic PT and she didn't do an exam. And I thought they would do an exam. And I was like, to be honest with you, I don't know because really I'm not know. a pelvic P- yeah. PT. So yeah. I, I don't know what to expect. So what should you expect when you go see a pelvic PT? Yeah. It's such a, oh man. I mean, I'll tell you how I do it. Uh-huh. And and I do think that this is important. And I, right. I do feel that, you know, an internal exam is, you know, warranted to mm-hmm. get a really good idea of what is going on with the pelvic floor. But like, let me backtrack a little bit. Sure. So, um, so we as physical therapists are really skilled in injury prevention, rehabilitation, muscle physiology, movement science, um, recovery, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So just like you would go to a PT for your knee or back pain or post-op, whatever, 
we do the same thing as pelvic floor PTs. We're just working in a different area. So I kind of say my territory is breastbone down and knees up. So pelvic floor PTs really are the specialists in incontinence, pelvic organ prolapse, Mm -hmm. any sort of vaginal or anal or genital pain, difficulty with sex, difficulty with tampon use or gynecological exam, um, any sort of abdominal surgery, laparoscopic surgery, C-section, endometriosis, menstrual problems, basically like anything in that kind of soup to nuts area, right? right, right? right. (laughs) Um, That would be disrupting daily activity. Okay. Um, and my specialty and kind of where I've niched down over the last couple of years is this pregnancy, early recovery and mm-hmm. birth injury prevention. Gotcha. Um, so it kind of depends on what you're going to see your pelvic floor PT mm-hmm. for regarding like what the exam would look like. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, like patient consent is always important. Absolutely. And, you know, there are some contraindications to internal exam and that sort of thing. Right. But generally speaking, you would expect a pelvic floor PT to do an internal exam, you know, barring no you know, other red flags or contraindications. Right. um, Because you really do have to get an idea of what the muscles are doing to be able to prescribe movement or exercise, Mm -hmm. just like we would assess a shoulder, right? Like I can't just look at somebody's shoulder with my eyeballs and be like, oh, it's this problem, this problem, this problem. Like I have to take it through tests and I have to go through differential diagnosis and all the things. So same thing for your pelvic floor. Um, And then, you know, you can expect some manual therapy techniques. You can expect some exercise, some postural re-education, pain management, basically like anything that you would expect for like a sprained ankle, you can expect for your pelvic floor. That makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense and helps to make it relatable and, and understand what people mm-hmm. should expect. So then obviously, again, I know this varies, but how frequently does someone go to a pelvic PT? Mm-hmm. How long mm-hmm. do you need to do it? I know that's yep. going to be dependent. Totally. Totally varies. Um, and what I always say is my job is to get them out of the clinic. Gotcha. Get my patients like out. Mm-hmm. If I have to keep mm-hmm. seeing them over and over again, I'm like, right. mm, I'm not helping that much. Gotcha. Like, we need to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> so, um, but using the framework of what we know about muscle physiology and exercise science and tissue healing, if we just kind of use that framework, tissue healing takes six to eight weeks, right? So, mm-hmm. if there's like an acute issue, like you're right postpartum or you have an abdominal surgery or C-section, like we can expect tissue remodeling and scars to be ready to go by six or eight weeks. Then for muscle hypertrophy, for mm-hmm. strengthening, for actually ch- for actual change right. in the muscle itself, right. that's another six to eight weeks on top of like doing a, a really good um, progressive resisted exercise program, right? Gotcha. Like just like you would see in the gym. Right. Okay. Right. Um, and then if we're talking about like persistent pain, chronic pain, people that have been having pelvic pain for years and years and years, then we also have to add in the sen- pain centralization component and reworking the central nervous system and brain education and all gotcha. those things that might take a little bit longer too. Okay. But generally from like a postpartum standpoint, I like to see my patients like around the third trimester to start to do some birth prep stuff. And maybe uh-huh. we just need a couple sessions depending. Right. right. Then I like to see them right after for some 
help with like getting out of bed and that first uh-huh. poop yes. and like how do you carry a baby <laughs> right, and right, right. the car seat is real heavy <laughs> and now you have like a water bed for an abdomen and your yep. vagina is like all over the place yep. so how do we help with just these like daily activities and then I like to see them six weeks once we're cleared for exercise to okay. start the recovery process. And mm-hmm. that could, you know, potentially be up to a year or so, but okay. not like weekly appointments. Right. You know, right. I like right. to kind of space it out sure. and get get them like back to work and back to childcare and do all the things. And then at each kind of phase or new demand, then we come in, reassess and then out the door. Okay. All right. Awesome. I love it. Very detailed. Very helpful. I'm learning so much myself. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So before we get into some uh, advice, because we want to definitely give some people help through the conversation, is pelvic PT typically covered by insurance? That is a wonderful question. Um, So it it depends. (laughs) (laughs) I figured like anything else. yeah. Yeah. Technically, Yes, because it's regular physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So it falls under your PTOT speech, gotcha. rehab benefits, whatever those are. Gotcha. Now, the caveat is this. If you are going to like a private practice or a small practice like like me, where it's just like maybe one or two clinicians, mm-hmm. three clinici- clinicians privately owned, chances are that we will be out of network and we are what's considered a cash-based practice Got where – we take payment for services rendered at the time. Mm-hmm. We hand you what's called a super bill. You submit that to your insurance and get reimbursed for your out-of-network coverage directly by insurance. Gotcha. Um, and this is because two reasons. One, insurance reimbursement for physical therapy is abysmal. Mm. Um, and because we're only seeing really one patient an hour mm-hmm. in public floor PT, mm-hmm. that insurance reimbursement is like 50 bucks an hour. And oh, like, no, you can't even yeah. keep your lights on. Yeah. Like you just can't even pay right. yeah. rent on your space. Yeah. Um, and then the second reason is that a lot of times, which is, this is a huge problem, is that insurance doesn't recognize our diagnosis codes and our mm. ICD-10 codes mm. as medically necessary. Of course. And I know that this is like <laughs> right. a whole nother. Yes. yes. This is a whole nother <laughs> dissertation. <Yes. laughs> um, and they don't pay for preventative care. So if I see a woman in the office for birth prep and uh-huh. we're going through manual therapy and we're doing functional training and right. we're doing it with a goal to reduce the risk of muscle injury and tearing, mm-hmm. they won't pay for that because there's no diagnosis. Sure. There's no like injury. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though it would yes. <laughs> lessen the need yes. for interventions. Down the yeah, road. So again, problem with our US healthcare system doesn't yeah. focus on any, a lot of prevention no. period. So I'm not no. surprised. Okay. okay. No. Well, that's helpful no. to know. That's no. Helpful to know. But there are bigger practices that, and usually hospital-based outpatient will mm-hmm. take insurance. And mm-hmm. that's usually because they absorb the cost of pelvic floor PT because they have ortho and inpatient and all those other things. So I did, I have worked for practices that take insurance and they're out there. And right. then when I've owned my own, it's always been um, cash-based. Gotcha. Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual. Their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp. 
meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. So let's get into some conditions and Mm -hmm. things that people can do to help. We're going to try and get through as many as we can. So let's start (laughs) off with what are two or three of the most common types of pelvic pain that happen during pregnancy and Mm. what can folks be done to help? I'm especially curious to hear your thoughts about maternity belts. Yeah, yeah. So that goes right into kind of one of the most common (laughs) pain (laughs) syndrome. So this is um, generally it's kind of diagnosed under this umbrella of like sciatica, Uh okay, which is like that irritation of this huge nerve that comes out of your butt and goes all the way down to your foot. But oftentimes that's really not what it is. Mm. What we call it is posterior pelvic girdle pain in pregnancy. Okay. And this is, yeah, it's like a mouthful. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And this is like usually one-sided back pain that's a little bit lower, kind of in your SI area, your Mm -hmm. sacrum area. And it can radiate down into your butt and go into the back part of your thigh, which is oftentimes why people are given, they give it the name of sciatica. And it can be very sharp. It can be very painful and it can be, it can radiate to both sides, but oftentimes it's usually one. Okay. If there's a dysfunction in the SI joint, which Mm -hmm. oftentimes there is, you can also see it go around to the front Mm -hmm. and we have what we call pubic symphysis dysfunction, which is a whole, which is another very common pain syndrome in Mm -hmm. pregnancy. And this is that joint that's right underneath your pubic hair. Um, And a lot of times it's like when you go one leg into the car or you're trying to like kick a box with your foot and you get that like, oh my gosh, pain, Mm -hmm. like right in that joint or you're, you know, stepping into the bathtub. or, you know, anything like kind of asymmetrical. Um, And that can radiate down into your adductors, which are the interior part of your thigh, your groin. Sometimes people call it like have these, um, we call it like lightning crotch. You get that like zinger, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, And I would say those are kind of the most two, like the two most common that I see in pregnancy when people are like, oh my God, my back, like it's so bad. I can't lay down. I can't get up. And it's like, it's super sharp and it gets here just like that. Right. Um, so one treatment for that, or, um, I would say adjunct is a belt. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to favor, uh, a belt that's designed specifically for the SI joint. It's a little bit thinner, um, and it goes lower Okay, and it just compresses the joint Mm -hmm. versus like lifting the belly up. Uh Uh-huh. There's nothing wrong with either kind, um, but people might not get as much relief if there's an SI problem with only the belts that kind of like lift the belly up. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And sometimes we would do both. Okay. You know? Just kind of depends on what they need and what their demands are. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And then what about um, pillows? Do you think 
uh, like maternity pillows help. Mm, yeah, I do. <laughs> I love it. I call it like the husband replacement or the partner replacement. You know, I'm like no room for all three of you right. in there. Like somebody's got to get up. Yeah, I think they can be really helpful. Um, sometimes they're too fluffy though. They're mm. too big, and somebody might be like, "Man, I'm like my right. knee was like all the way open." And, oh my god. Um, so thinner ones sometimes can be helpful. Um, the thing that's great about them is that you can put them underneath your breast and side and belly, and it still is long enough to go down through your in between your knees and then also into your ankles. And I think a lot of people kind of miss that. They might just put a pillow in between their knees, but uh-huh. you really need it like all the way down to gotcha. keep the joint neutral gotcha. versus like, yeah, if you just have it on your knees, mm-hmm. then your knees are separated and then your ankles are closed and the joint's like... Burr. Um, but yeah, those pillows are great. I had, I had one and then you like can coil it up and put right. your baby in it. <laughs> it's like, you can use it to nurse. It's like multi, yes, multi, yes. um, use. Yes. Love yeah. it. Love it. So then let's talk about something that I think people don't realize happens, um, but, uh, as frequently as it does, but let's talk about vulvar varicosities. Mm. What are those oh, and man. what can be done? Cause so I think people painful. freak out when they see them. I know. I mean, they're they're scared. I mean, if you've never seen one before, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh. So this is where you have a vein in your vulva, which is your outer part of the um, vaginal opening. It's like your labia majora. And it's a vein that is a varicose vein, just like you would get in your legs. And it just happens to be in your labia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it can be very painful and it can cause a lot of swelling. Yeah. Um, oftentimes it, it, it doesn't affect the ability to have a vaginal mm-hmm. delivery. A lot of people think that it can, um, but it's more painful and uncomfortable while you're pregnant, especially as you get into your later stages of pregnancy, because you have more weight, more blood volume, more fluid, and the tissues are just very engorged down yeah. there. Yeah. Um, from a physical therapy standpoint, there's not a ton that we can do for the vein itself, mm-hmm. but there are some compression garments that we can recommend that you can wear underneath your clothes that do direct compression onto the varicosity to help reduce swelling and help reduce some of that pain. Um, There's a couple different types of garments and there's some that there's one that's called the V2 supporter. It kind of looks like a jock strap, Uh. like a female jock strap, Uh but like it, you just put it on over your underwear and then kind of like Velcro it. So it just like lifts up and gives you a little bit of support. Um, and usually that's, that's helpful. And then after pregnancy, you know, they, they go away. Um, sometimes the vein is still there, but it's not as engorged, yeah. but you probably will have it engorged again in future pregnancies. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So let's get into vaginal tearing mm-hmm. because I know folks are going to want to hear about this. So yes. what are your top two or three tips, maybe things people should do to help reduce the risk of vaginal tearing? Oh, this is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my favorite thing. Um, so there are three, I have a system that I call the three P's. Uh-huh. Okay. And this stands for perineal massage, push prep, okay, and practice like you play. Mm. Okay. So this is where it all comes together. <laughs> <laughs> so if you look at the literature for perineal massage, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. But Some studies say like, yes, totally reduces the risk. Other studies say like, nope, doesn't do a thing. Mm -hmm. But what most of the studies that say it doesn't do anything looked at it being performed for the first time Mm -hmm. while the baby was crowning by like a nurse or somebody that's not like a muscle person. Sure. 
the studies that show it is beneficial are what we base our treatment off of. And Got this it. is where we do it earlier okay. in pregnancy. Okay. Just like you would stretch your hamstring. Right. For whatever you need to do. Right. <laughs> like whatever, yeah, like your yeah. legs need to do. Right. Right. Exactly. right. So we apply the same idea to the pelvic floor muscles because they're skeletal muscle. Mm -hmm. they're, the, they're made up of the same stuff as your bicep, as your quad, as your hamstring. So those muscles can be trained both from a strengthening side of things and also a lengthening side of things. Mm -hmm. And for vaginal delivery, they have to lengthen and open. Yep. So perineal massage is a technique that I like to start around 30 weeks, 32 weeks. Okay. And we just start to work on the tissue, stretching, increasing blood flow, softening. If there's a prior tear that has some scar tissue there, we want to work on that scar tissue mm -hmm. to make it more mobile. It's all about creating space yeah. and mobility. You know, we're not ever going to stretch the pelvic floor to the size of a baby's head, right? right? But like we can start to get it moving yep. better. Okay. Awesome. So that's, yep. so that's the first one. Uh -huh. massage. The second one is push prep. So this is where I teach women how to actually mechanically bear down uh -huh. and push effectively. Uh -huh. So the pelvic floor gets out of the way. Okay. Okay. A lot of times people think that you do Kegels to push a baby out, right? right? Like but your pelvic floor does not do anything to help you with delivery except get out of the way. Pushing comes from bearing down uterine contractions, uh -huh. fetal ejection reflex. Right. It's not your vaginal muscles. Right. Those muscles have to open. They don't contract. Listen, you are just making all kinds of sense I here. mean, like, <laughs> so crazy. It just might work, Doc, right? It's so crazy. So we need to make sure that you have that range of motion. Just like we would need range of motion in your shoulder if you were throwing the baseball, right? Yes. So same idea. Yes. So I teach women how to do that. Okay. And then the third P, practice like you play, is where we put it all together. Mm -hmm. And this is on the principles of what we know with muscle physiology, movement science, motor control, functional training. I want you to practice perineal massage and push practice in different positions, uh -huh. just like you would be doing in the delivery room. Yep. So you're going to do that on your side. Mm -hmm. You're going to do that squatting. Mm -hmm. You're going to do that reclined. You're going to do it on all fours. So your brain and your body can be like, oh yeah, I've done this before. Gotcha. I know that inside lying with my partner holding my leg here and me breathing with my mouth open, I get a really good push and it doesn't hurt my back and I feel great about it. As opposed to being like, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. Some person is just like wrenching my feet into stirrups right, and like right. what the hell is going on? Right. Like, right. None of that. Just like we would do sports specific training, mm -hmm. right? Like for a soccer player or baseball yes. pitcher, same thing applies for birth. And that's really where like I focus on mm -hmm. and what is missing like we don't think about birth that way at all or mm -mm. at all. Mm -mm. We think about it as like, I don't even know what the right, what the right word I mean, would be, but not in a way that's like functional movement, training, right, prep, recovery. Right, it's right. just like diagnosis, baby flies out, yeah. you deal with the consequences. Yeah. 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 And your OB doesn't, y'all, we don't know. I mean, let's just be honest. We just, we, we're not taught anything about No, nor, this, nor so. should, yeah, nor should you. I mean, it's like the same, right? Like I don't 
talk, I don't prescribe medication or right. perform hysterectomies. Like that's not my training, but we're here to complement that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it, and oftentimes it makes it easier for the OBs. I think from my perspective, I'm, it makes me sad that I didn't even know that pelvic physical therapists could help with pregnancy and birth related things until years into my practice. So when I say we don't know, I mean, sometimes we not, it may not even occur to us to recommend it to you, uh, either during pregnancy or the postpartum period. Like for instance, in France, I think everybody gets referred Mm -hmm. to a pelvic Mm -hmm. PT Mm -hmm. after they have a baby. Like we don't do that here. And you know, we don't see you for six weeks. We're trying to change that, but we're not going to see you for six weeks. So uh, I'm just saying all that to say like, Take in this information. Don't expect that your OB is going to necessarily mm-hmm. tell you about this. If you mm-hmm. you have to take it upon yourself to mm-hmm. to look for it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's true. And I do see it changing a little bit mm-hmm. now, you know, on the other side of things, like, you know, we do grand rounds yep. and like we'll talk about how we can, you know, complement your practice mm-hmm. and like what you know, what patients we can help with and that sure. sort of thing. And, and there is a little bit of a mind shift change where it's like, oh yes, like we, let's bring everybody Work together. To the table. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, when I was first starting out, you know, 13 years ago, like it was like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still an uphill battle, yes. but I mean, yeah, it's it getting was, better, but you're right. Gnarly. It yeah. is getting better. Yeah. 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 For sure. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode, and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. So let's talk about postpartum and maybe we can do like a couple things short term, a couple things long term. Uh, As I mentioned your OB, we, the way our system is set up, we don't see you for six weeks postpartum typically. Yep. We, for some practices, we might try to do it sooner. And there's actually a push within our specialty to at least touch bases with people sooner, yeah. but it's not going to be a lot of help necessarily about how to heal. So what yeah. thoughts do you have about that? Yeah. So again, same idea as what we're doing for like musculoskeletal injury. So ideally in like you know, if I was ruler of all things, before, <laughs> <laughs> I would want 
pelvic floor PT is in the hospital. So in oh, anti- Okay. All right. <laughs> so like I know that those first couple of days in like postpartum and anti yes. are like crazy. Like I know yes. that. Listen, I've been like, like lactation consultant and pelvic physical therapist. Right yeah. on right on in there. Because girl. Because get, like all that- we need uh, we need 20 minutes and this is what we'll show you how to do. Right. <laughs> and, it'll, and it'll give you like a little handout. Yes. We'll show you how to get out of bed. Yes. Especially if you've had a C-section. Yes. Okay. We'll show you how to poop to protect your perineum. I know. Why don't we'll we show do you this? How- I mean, I'm just because these are the these are the most common things Girl. that people are like, I can't get out of bed. I can't get out of bed. I, I'm worried about I can't poop. Girl, you are speak like listen. I know. Okay. I know. Yes. And here's the thing that's so wild. Okay. Like, here's the thing that's so wild. If you had laparoscopic surgery in your abdomen, if you had a gallbladder removed, if you had arthroscopic surgery in your knee, three little tiny holes, and they like, you know, clean up a little mm-hmm. cartilage, what do you get? If, if, Inpatient physical therapy, outpatient physical therapy, yes. all the things. All of it. And then, and but, then a mom. But it's a vagina. So they're like, oh, here's your like squalling baby. You have a water bed from an admin and your vagina's falling out like, bye. Oh you know, God. it's just like, wow, we don't do any of that. So like, uh, again, if I was ruler, yes. you know, of all things public floor, yes. I'd want somebody in the hospital to, to just do basic body mechanics mm-hmm. and early recovery. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do with our online with our online stuff. So okay. I say it's like from when baby flies out until six weeks. So like okay. that first couple, that's so important right. for tissue healing mm-hmm. and long-term recovery. Mm-hmm. So pain management, swelling management, body mechanics, postural re-education, you know, getting you in supportive garments, um, medical grade compression, you know, red flags, signs and symptoms to look for that warrant a call back to the doctor, mm-hmm. how much bleeding is normal, you know, what can you expect with your hemorrhoids, you know, right. kind of all the things. Um, how to lift up that baby carrier, you know, what yes. positions you should be nursing in, yes. what to look for from scar healing, you know, all those things. Then I would love to see someone two to three weeks postpartum. And this can be like a virtual appointment. Uh-huh. And I actually think that telehealth really has a big place here because right. we can do a lot because we can see your house uh-huh. and be like, okay, that's how you're lifting your baby into right. that crib or whatever. Or right. like, okay, I see like, that's what your couch looks like. So let's do this and let's do that and like make it more comfortable, help you move better sure. posture, you know, all the things. Um, and then if they need any sort of, um, like manual therapy, that's not internal, mm-hmm. then we can see them in the clinic for, you know, like SI and low back and how much, how, like how much do we have neck pain right. from like holding a baby and looking down? Or if you have mastitis and now you have like upper back, problems and kind of all of those things, like mm-hmm. sleeping posture, right? All those things, mechanics, mm-hmm. right? Right, mechanics. right? Then we can do some like really basic exercise. I'm like hesitant to say that word because I know we're not like cleared for exercise yeah. until six weeks, but I'm talking like functional movement. You're already lifting a baby. Right. So like, <laughs> let's make it better. Yes. <laughs> we can do some very basic stuff in that like acute phase. Gotcha. And then at the six week mark, after you clear them for sex and exercise, then we start rehab. Okay. We don't go to the gym uh-huh. at six weeks because now we're cleared right. or we don't just start running that day. Yeah. Nothing magic happens at six weeks yeah. compared to five weeks and six days <laughs> where all of a sudden we could run and like, now oh, we can't, yes. you know, or vice versa. <laughs> so it's like we need to rehab. 
Okay. And that's strengthening. That's motor control. That's connecting your brain back to muscles in your core that have not been working properly for nine months because they've been accommodating a baby. Um, you know, what if you have a tear? What if you have a C-section? You know, all these things that we need to manage from a rehab standpoint, sure. just like we would manage a knee or a shoulder. Yep. Okay. It's the same idea. And then we, you know, put together a rehab plan or, you know, protocol based on what the patient needs or mm-hmm. what their goals are. Um, and then the huge part of that also is return to sex. Mm-hmm. Um, because so many women, nine out of 10 have pain with sex the first time they have sex after having a baby and a quarter of a quarter of those women will still have pain at 18 months postpartum. Mm. So that needs to be incorporated into your postpartum rehab as well. And it's not just for vaginal penetration, but it's tampon, speculum exam, you know, kind of all the things. Right. So um, that's kind of like (laughs) what I would love for everyone and what we're trying to do with our online stuff to provide that because there's not a lot of us pelvic floor PTs, there's insurance problems, Mm -hmm. there's all those things that we talked about in the beginning. Yeah. And I just feel very strongly that those should not be barriers to this type of like basic care. I mean, it's, it's not that complicated. It's, it's not, it's It's really not. Yeah. And it should be routine, but a hundred percent, we have a problem valuing women in general in our country. So that's just, I mean, family, women and families, we don't necessarily do. So that's just a whole nother conversation. So, Um, so just three questions as we wrap up, how did becoming a parent, a mother affect your work? Oh yeah, that's such a good one. Um, so I went through IVF for my kids. Um, it took us five years to get my first one. Mm. Lots of miscarriages, lots of complications, lots of surgeries and bad news after bad news after bad news. And so I think, you know, before we started that, I had been doing this work and I think being on the other side of the table, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, feeling that sense of overwhelm, that isolation, mm-hmm. that um, betrayal of my body, mm-hmm. feeling yep. um, the stress, yep. the financial burden yep. of all of that. Yep. I think it really just gave me another view into you know what women go through. Yeah. And it really helped me, I think, like kind of rethink about how I talk to my patients mm-hmm. and how I prescribe things and how I treat them and, you know, kind of what I need to be doing differently right. to really respect that side of what women have to go through. Yeah. Um, and then I had my kids <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I totally got it now. And so that, you know, I think from a postpartum standpoint, it like completely changed the way that I prescribe things and treat patients. Uh-huh. And I'm very like, okay. I mean, I get it. Yeah. You know, I have kids, yeah. I have job, my husband's job is bananas. And so I'm like, okay, if you tell me, like, if you have two minutes a day <laughs> to do something that I tell you, like, what's your time? And somebody's like, okay, I literally have five minutes. Right. Like, okay. Right. Then that's what we're going to do. We're like, gonna I'm work not going to just, it. I'm right. Like <laughs> we have to work like asthma, we have to meet our patients. Like I can't just expect someone to, and be like, oh my gosh, this patient is non-compliant. It's like, no, that's not, we're not doing it. They're just living. Like, like, yes. yes. (laughs) Like, right. And I'm like, if you bring, like you can bring a screaming baby into my office. I care zero. Like, you know, I'm like, I will put that baby in the ergo carrier. A screaming baby and no childcare are not reasons why you cannot get what you need. So like, 
my office is full of baby toys and diapers and my ergo from, you know, eight years ago, that's yes. like coffee all over it and burritos. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, it's like, I will put that baby in there and like, you do what you need to do. Right. So I think that really kind of changed the way that I, and it really opened my eyes to like how screwed up it is mm-hmm. for us out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 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 All, all of that, all, all of it. that. So then what's the most frustrating part of your work? I think, um, I, I think just not being able to help as many people. That's what I thought you might say. Like just that it's not accessible for everybody. Like it should be. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that, and that I still feel like it's an uphill battle Mm -hmm. with other members of the, of the medical community. And Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want it to be so stigmatized and I don't want it to be such a a burden. Mm -hmm. I mean, what I say all the time is like, what I do should be just as common and just as important as like what stroller you're picking out for everyone. Right. You know, I mean, we should be right in the office with you, you know, like we should be alongside doing prenatal and postpartum. And it's like, and I think it's like the financial component for a lot of women, you know, and just the availability of pelvic floor PTs. And that's really what we're trying to solve with the online stuff is like the accessibility and Mm -hmm. the affordability piece. And then, cause like, it can't just be like inpatient or nothing, right? you know, or in clinic, I should say nothing. Like there has to be a better answer. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the flip side, what's the most rewarding part of your work? I mean, working with the women I get to work with. (laughs) And I mean, I like, I'm an open book and I, try to create a community and a culture that is like non-judgmental mm-hmm. and supportive. Yep. And I want women to feel finally that like somebody's listening to them. Yes. And I mean, I will get DMs or private messages in the community and people will be like, Oh my God, Marcy, this was amazing. Like I just <laughs> had this, and like, I'll get baby pictures. I mean, just like yeah. you, you know, it's yep. like, and then we get to be a part of their lives, mm-hmm. you know, maybe more than once. Yeah. And we get to be kind of through, you know, this transformative period. And, you know, I had somebody come up to me this weekend and she's like, you don't know me, but I follow you on Instagram. And she's older. Her daughters are in college. And she's like, thank you. Just thank you. Nobody talked about this when I was having my kids. And this is so important. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, yay. Because like, you never know, you know, who like, and she's like, God, I just wish like my daughters had this. And and that to me is like, so, so rewarding. And I'm like, okay, this is like, made a difference for her. Like yeah. that's important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So then what's your favorite piece of advice that you would give to an expectant mom? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, don't take no for an answer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say like, if you are feeling, you know, I tell my clients all the time, like you're the expert in your body, right? Like, you know, 1000% feels good to you, yes. what is normal for yeah. you, what is not normal. I like I am thing. not in your skin. Like I don't yeah, know. I'm an expert in OB, but I'm not an expert in you. So Right, exactly. <laughs> so like if you are concerned about something and it's not driving, mm-hmm. then like let's try to figure it out. Sure. And I think a lot of times what happens is that, you know, people in pregnancy, they're like, okay, I want to do this, I want to do that. And then sometimes they're like, no, that doesn't work. Probably doesn't do anything, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they feel like, oh, okay, maybe I am just like overthinking it or being too sensitive. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, no, like you're important. Your body is important. You know, your body the best. And we're here to help support that, right. whatever that is. Right. So keep, 
asking yeah and keep doing it take matters into your own hands 1000 percent. all right so where can people find you and find all of the fantastic yeah. resources you have yeah so we hang out on instagram most of the time mm -hmm. i can only manage like one platform yeah, yeah. Um, and plus tiktok been, is a whole nother i'm too old i feel <laughs> that's I wanna, what i I'm say like, i'm like i can't i'm like i can't I be can't. doing no, I'm like, I don't, I need like a college intern to just like yes. do it because I'm like, I don't, I'm an old, I'm in my forties. Like I can't do that. Um, so we hang out mostly on Instagram, but the handle is the down there doc. Um, same as my website, www.thedownthereDoc.com. That's where you can find all of our resources, online courses, webinars, um, all the information you need is there. And we're on Instagram all the time. Awesome. Yeah. Just shoot us a message. All right. Love it. Thank you so yeah. much. This was such thank a fantastic you. conversation. I really oh, enjoyed thanks. it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me. Wasn't that a great conversation? You could tell that she is so passionate about her work and it really shines through in our discussion. Now, you know, after every episode, when I have a guest on, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes, which are my top takeaways from the conversation. Here are my Dr. Nicole's Notes from my conversation with Dr. Marcy Crouch. Number one, I love the concept of treating your pelvis and vagina like you would treat a knee or a shoulder or any other body part. This is just another part of our body that we're helping get in shape after it's gone through some things. It's like you say the word vagina and all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, oh my God. And it really does not need to be that way. It's really great and I believe just helps to stress the normalcy of it, right? That this is just another part of our body we're helping to get in shape after it's gone through something that can, for some folks can be traumatic. Doesn't have to be, but it can be. So I love that concept of how um, she approaches pelvic physical therapy. Next up is your OB probably is not going to bring up pelvic physical therapy. And if they do, it's almost always going to be in the context of if you had a more severe vaginal tear, they may bring it up, even though it really should be standard for really everybody, right? So if this is something that you are interested in, especially if it's something that you want to do during pregnancy, because I know we don't think of it in that way. I personally didn't realize that that was an option or something that could be helpful until I started doing this online and social media work in this last year, you know, with the podcast and things like that. So if this is something that you are interested in, and I think it's beneficial for everybody, then definitely bring it up with your OB. You may need a referral for your insurance. That's why I say bring it up. But if you don't need a referral from your insurance, then just go for it. Seek it out on your own. Speak up, advocate for yourself. Go check it out because it's something that can be quite helpful to help you get yourself and your body back to feeling good after having a baby. And speaking of feeling good after having a baby and getting your body back after having a baby, just let's just go ahead and F the snapback again. I've said this before and I'll continue to say it. Like it takes time to get your body back after birth, to get used to the new normal of your body after birth. It is unrealistic. It's not healthy to think that you're suddenly going to get back to being a certain size or all of the weight is going to drop off, or you're going to be able to do necessarily all of the things that you were able to do before. And that's not saying for some people, some people do have a quick recovery and some people get back to feeling like themselves fairly quickly, but you don't have to. And there's nothing wrong if 
it takes you some time to rehab your body. That is okay. So give yourself some grace, be patient. It can take time. And then the last thing I'll say is that coverage for women's health issues can be so abysmal in our country in so many ways, whether that is care in between pregnancies to help you go into your pregnancy in a healthy state, whether that is a lack of coverage for preventative care, whether that is a lack of coverage for things like pelvic physical therapy, it can just be abysmal. We don't value women and women's health and actually people's health in the United States like we should. When I hear like in places like France, like referral to a pelvic physical therapist is standard for everyone that just shows that the possibilities are there and we have a long way to go in the United States. And I say all that to say is that the way that things like this change is through advocacy and policy. Some examples of that, like breast pumps being covered by insurance is a result of the Affordable Care Act. Minimum guaranteed hospital stays after birth is federal legislation. Employers having to provide a space for breast pumping up until a year after the child's birth, that comes from the Fair Labor Standards Act. So in order for us to have these things and policies that help improve our health, it requires a policy on a, on a higher level. And that is where voting comes in. So that is my plug to make sure you pay attention to legislation that's happening in your local, your state, your federal level, and please get out there and vote because it makes a difference. All right. So there you have it. Do me a solid. Share this podcast with a friend. I'm on a mission to reach and serve as many pregnant folks as I can, millions and millions. And your help in doing that would be so appreciated. Also subscribe to the podcast and Apple podcast or wherever you're listening to me right now. And leave me an honest review, a five-star review in Apple podcast. If you really enjoy the show, it helps other women to find the show, helps the show to grow. Also check out the birth preparation course, my online childbirth education class that gets you calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful birth. Check that out at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. And also connect with me outside of the show on the gram. I'm on Instagram at drnicolerankins. You can get helpful bite-sized nuggets of information to help you through your pregnancy and birth there as well. So that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth.